Taverna Friuli Wines, the definitive podcast on wines from Friuli Venezia Giulia. I'm your host, Wayne Young. I'm waiting for my uh, co-host. Yeah, we're doing this one in English, Martin, so. Yes, no yeah. problem. All right, it's thank you. Very, thank After you very much. time to speak English. <laughs> Thank you so much for your uh, for your patience with the technical problems here, um, and hopefully we will uh, we'll find another way in the future to do this in a bit better way. But um, yeah, let's um, let's let's get things started. So Martin, thank you very much for being here. I'm waiting for um, Natalie, my co-host, who's obviously also juggling some things. Uh, so she'll be here soon. So hopefully, okay, uh, Heather has come in, yes, or Heather was in, yes, maybe, I don't know. So we're getting some folks into uh, Clubhouse. The thing is, I don't think you'll be able to hear um, the people on Clubhouse, so what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to listen to their questions and then, and then pass them on to you. Is that okay, Martin? Yes, okay, no problem. Okay, thanks. Thanks yeah, a lot. Sorry, I'm not there, but now in Italy it's a very bad moment to travel around, and so we make this uh, connection, particular connection with some WhatsApp and other things, but it's okay, no problem. Yeah, no, normally mm -hmm. normally we would have you come down into the studio, and uh, I yes. had thought that I had found the solution for tapping into phone calls with my phone, but obviously it, it's not working. The way I uh, well, I was hoping. So okay, Natalie is here. Hi, Nat. Can you hear us? I can. This is uh, La Taverna Friuli on the move. On, on the, the move. move. Where are you today? On the move. I'm just um, shuffling around Udine, just uh, okay. on my way home. Yeah, yeah. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Nat. So we're going to be Martin. talking a little bit about Ribola di Oslavia this evening. Okay. Natalie is also sort of um, on the move and and out of the taverna today. So, um, so Nat, you know, jump in whenever you have a question. Sure. Okay. And, I'll uh, just switch off and listen. I'm going to listen and learn as always. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nat, for being here as always. Okay. Martin, um, yeah. before we get started, I obviously, you know, want to do a, a brief overview, obviously, of your um, of your winery and the wine yes. that we're drinking right now. Um, and then we're going to get into sort of the, um, the Oslavia Consortio and, uh, the, 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 the group that you have up there. And we can talk a little bit more about that, but let's, um, let's do a brief introduction of, of who you are and, and a little history about your, your azienda. Yes, I am, uh, Martin Figel. I represent a family winery. We are working, um, we, I'm working with my brother, my cousin, my uncles, my father, my mother. So we're a big family uh, that's here, uh, the history is here in the history since 1782. The family name is typical German, it's not really Italian, but uh, I think that represent our family name represent very well the history of this area. And uh, so we are here more than 200 years uh, working these uh, fields and uh, 
and uh, we started but to bottle uh, wines in 1992 so the, we are almost a young winery still a young winery but uh, with a long tradition of uh, wine growing in in this area uh, now uh, i'm not only i'm not representing only my family winery but uh, i am the president of the association of ribola di oslavia ribola di oslavia is an association where are seven uh, producers from this small town that's Oslavia. Oslavia is a really small town. It's like uh, there are only 300 uh, people living here, and uh, but uh, in three miles are seven uh, wineries that I think that represent very well the um, white wines uh, from Friuli Venezia Giulia and from Collio in the world. And my honor is to represent uh, these seven producers, and so uh, I. Today I will speak not only of my winery, but of this, our idea of uh, Ribola di Oslavia and uh, our concept of uh, winemaking. Uh, <clears throat> of, of all the places maybe in Friuli, possibly Oslavia has um, the most unique kind of profile or, or um, the unique wines that, that, that are found out there. Can you give us an idea sort of for those people who don't know the area very well, um, what what makes Ribola Jala di Oslavia special apart from where it comes from? Well, we are just uh, on the border with Slovenia. We have a border 10 meters from our houses and uh, we are the extremely northeast part of uh, Koglio, just on the border with Berda. And in this area, uh, Ribola Jala is growing not now in the last 20 years or 10 years that's because just because this wine now is very popular, is very fashion wine. But uh, here, I think that this thanks especially to producers from Oslavia, if uh, this variety now is very successful, uh, is very famous in the world. Because here, all seven producers from Oslavia uh, start to increase and to, and to grow this variety more than 30 years ago. Because we see that uh, our area is very windy, you know, it's, um, we have this soil, this uh, climb very good uh, um, for making wine because all our wines have this very uh, extreme minerality and very good acidity every year, every vintage. And this because uh, thanks especially to our uh, soil, to our uh, um, terroir here. But uh, we see that uh, the Ribola Jala especially is a variety that in this small area, it's, um, it makes really uh, good uh, performance. And uh, so it's a kind of grape that then uh, uh, is uh, very helpful for us to uh, make uh, especially, um, especially vinification, especially when making process, there's the maceration. That's another philosophy that's born here in Oslavia. Okay, so yeah, that's really where I was getting to. Obviously, it's the perfect place for Ribola, but it's also the perfect place for this particular kind of style of Ribola that you make there. Yeah, the Ribola, then uh, it's a very difficult variety to grow because uh, it's not like Pinot Grigio, like Prosecco, that uh, we pick up grapes, for example, of Pinot Grigio, end of August, first week of September. Ribola Gialla is the white wine that's uh, um, very slowly, and it's the last white wine that usually we pick up. So not only here, but all over. 
So it's a variety that need uh, good uh, environment, environmental conditions, especially uh, in uh, in, uh, in September, in autumn. And uh, this is not uh, uh, in the last uh, five years. We were very lucky. I mean, every year uh, uh, was a good year for uh, Garibola because we had a very nice September, very nice uh, start of October, the first weeks of October. The weather was great. It was like in summertime. So this. This helps a lot uh, Ribola to to grow and to reap. But the problem is uh, that uh, usually um, in our area, in all Friuli, Venezia, Giulia region, uh, end of September, first week of, of October, sometimes is a lot of rain. And this uh, don't, of course, uh, the, um, this uh, doesn't help uh, Ribola to reap very well. And uh, so it's very important that this variety is, uh, is grown in areas where uh, where the where this variety was always grown, so uh, especially on the hills uh, is the best uh, because uh, this is a variety that need uh, uh, poor soil, not uh, uh, because the ribola produce uh, especially young plants of ribola can produce ten or more kilos for plant, but we haven't to do, do this. We have uh, to have uh, one uh, from two to three kilos for each uh, uh, each um, vine, and uh, this is the only way to make a really high level of quality of uh, ribola, no? And so our area, especially Kolyum, Oslavia, um, is, um, it has these uh, environmental conditions and the soil that uh, for all wines, if white wines is a great area, but especially for uh, this ribola gialla because uh, it needs the uh, best conditions for, uh, for, for making a great wine. Okay. So <clears throat> what was the, what was sort of the, uh, the, the story that, that sort of brought these seven producers together? First of all, let's, let's mention the seven producers. There's yourself, Grovner, well, Radicon. started uh, more than 10 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, just because the time in 2010, uh, how I told you before, uh, the people start to speak about to grow Ribola all over, especially in Friuli, Venezia, ah, okay. region. And uh, because uh, that time, this variety became very popular, very famous. And uh, in 2010, our uh, our association, the focus was to tell to the people that if today this variety is very important is very famous is especially thanks to Oslavia and to producers from this area my neighbors are Josko Gravner uh, Radicon uh, uh, Dario Princic uh, Primusic Il Carpino La Castellada so all these wineries are exporting uh, Ribola Gialla all over in the world since uh, 30 years so uh, if this variety now is very popular is thanks especially to producers from Oslavia Absolutely. And the next, uh, the the next uh, uh, fashion or the next uh, uh, wine trend was uh, about uh, uh, five years ago, six years ago, was about orange wines. Exactly. And, uh, and orange wines is another thing uh, that uh, was born here in Oslavia because my neighbors, uh, Radicon, Stanko Radicon and Josko Grauner, I think that were the really... Pioneers are the real pioneers of this uh, wine making you know, process of maturation of orange wines. So um, the next focus, next step of our association was to um, to tell to people that uh, this kind of wine making start here in Oslavia, 
uh, where the winery started in nineties to make orange wines, and in uh, that years uh, made uh, this kind of wine was like uh, a nightmare, it was like something uh, <laughs> something crazy. And uh, but now now these wines are very popular, and uh, and, uh, and are uh, they have a high quality level too. Yeah. In the last years, in the last years, uh, especially with this uh, situation of COVID, uh, we uh, we understand that uh, uh, we have to open our cellars. Uh, we have to uh, invest uh, on the uh, on the, the visits of uh, wine lovers to our cellars, to our uh, vineyards, and uh, so the, in the last uh, two years, the focus was just to promote our. Territory, not only the wine, uh, but wineries, the culture of our territory, the history. Uh, we have uh, very important monuments from the First World War here in Oslavia. And uh, another uh, another uh, idea was uh, that to put uh, seven different bunches uh, that uh, have this orange color uh, that uh, that's calling the orange wines. But uh, these bunches we put in seven different places. In the town that are, that are not near the vineyards, uh, wineries, but are uh, uh, in the places where are um, where is uh, some something different to tell, not only about wine, but from about our history, about our families, about uh, our people. And uh, so we organize this um, walk that's like ah, okay. two hours and a half of walking. And I see that the people love it because uh, uh, people that came here to visit us, uh, uh, they find uh, not so much, uh, it's not, we, I mean, we are working on tourism, but uh, we are not like Venice or, <laughs> or Toscany or uh -huh. where you can find a lot of people when you came in a winery or, or, uh, or in, a, in a town. Here, yeah. uh, still now, we have a very high level and uh, very good quality of tourists because the tourists that came here take time uh, to visit uh, six or uh, they spent to spend two days and to try to visit all seven wineries okay but uh, it's um, it's a kind of tourist that um, you have to be very slow uh, slow uh, slowly tourist i mean how to explain uh, you have to take your time and uh, spend and try to understand really well uh, where you are and what are you doing here? Mm, okay, so that you have you don't have mass tourism, but you have a, a, a level of tourism. No, of I think that we will have we will have in the next future because in 2025 Gorizia is ah uh, oh, yeah Gorizia with Nova Gorizia is the capital of the European culture and uh, yeah the, uh, so I think that uh, in 2025 uh, in you're going to be overrun with tourists. You're going to have tons of tourists. Yeah, I think so. Well, but, may uh, I? Unfortunately, we are not. Uh, Hang on now. We are not able now. Uh, we are not ready. To, but not only Oslavia, Gorizia, Nova Gorizia too. We have to invest a lot, especially for uh, for uh, find and for make uh, places where the people can go to sleep. Ah, uh, yeah. But, uh, of course, this is important. People that came in Gorizia will visit all the Friuli Venezia Giulia region in the times, the days, because uh, we are. Uh, you are from from US, and you learn me that uh, for you to make a hundred miles in a day, it's nothing, no? <laughs> exactly. A little bit focalized. No, no, if I go on holiday, I have to travel maximum one or two meters from my room, <laughs> not from my uh, 
vacuum uh, from my. So we are uh, we have to change a little bit our uh, philosophy, our idea of uh, promoting uh, not only our town but uh, of course the region too. Oh, okay. Martin, I have a I have a question here from Natalie, which I will I will translate to you when she tells me. Nat, what's your question? Well, it's it, more than a question. It was just a comment, talking, of course, about wine tourism, which is Martin. My um, is is what I do. That's the sort of the bit that that I do, if you like, is promoting this whole territory and all of this region for all its sacred um, beauty that it has and the wine to tourists and very much you're talking about slow tourism and offering people something um, authentic and slow. I think even though, you know, it's not a word we use so much anymore, that's fundamentally what it is. It's good to hear. Yeah, unfortunately now with the technical problems that we have, Martin can't hear you. Oh, okay. So, so what is the, what's Sorry. the basic idea that you're trying to get across? I'm just saying that it's great to hear about the tourism going okay. on where he is. That's that's what, you know, it's my yeah. objective as well. So <clears throat> Yeah, so Martin, Nat was saying that she's really happy that you're talking about tourism and that you're you're making this initiative of placing these benches and making this sort of uh, hiking trail through the, the vineyards there because Natalie is is very intimately involved in uh, tourism here in Friuli. So anytime she hears about this kind of focus on you know, tourism and bringing people to the area, it makes her very happy. Yes. And then we, uh, another thing that's um, regions of Oslavia is that uh, we are really what we tell. I mean, um, we never, uh, the, for example, my neighbors too, especially is very important people like uh, Stanko Radikon, like uh, Josko Gravner. These are people that uh, um, they're trusted in the wine, in the wine world because uh, we we are and we want to uh, show you what we are really. You no, know? I mean we don't want to make something artificial. We are. Uh, I mean, for example, when you meet me or my neighbors, my friends, uh, Dario Princic, oh, you will see that uh, when you came in our cellar, you will find us uh, like uh, like we are always. I mean, uh, we don't never. We want to maintain really genuine and a unique. Uh, style that we have no so this is another rich uh, thing uh, of Oslavia because we are really spontaneously and really how to explain um, really nature no <laughs> mm. are the, are there any other sort of uh ideas or plans that you're thinking about doing you know in light of the 2025 you know capital of culture is there anything else you have planned for the area uh well uh, yeah i think that um we have an appointment every year uh, in uh, in October. That's this Ribogliamo. Mm. It's uh, three days of uh, events that we made uh, from since uh, four years ago. So it's now is fifth year this year, and uh, I think for that in 2025 uh, we will organize something. Not only only in October, but maybe more different. Uh, uh, events during the the year, no, mm. because uh, our collaboration now is not only with uh, not only in the wine business, but in uh, with the, with other associations that are from uh, different uh, worlds. For example, from music, from uh, culture, from uh, from schools. Just because uh, the real terroir, terroir, no, the word terroir, it doesn't mean only 
soil, wine, and winemaking, but it, uh, it means culture, it means people that are in an area. So we want to make uh, always uh, every year something, some new collaborations with uh, with uh, people and with um, associations that are uh, in our territory and, uh, and that are not only from wine business, but are from different worlds. And uh, I see that uh, this is another thing that the people love it because uh, uh, today, you know, about wine, uh, everyone listen everything, but uh, to find the connection between wine and the territory and the, and the association that are on territory it's something different and it's something that uh, people love it yeah that's interesting that you say that because um i don't know if you you saw today i posted on social media under my name um mm -hmm. a, an article in italian that basically said that um vi cantina visits are useless more or less is what this author said and the reason he said that they were useless is because that they didn't show the 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 true aspect of the wineries most of the time um they don't tell you the whole story most of the time and i actually you know sort of took issue with that because i don't necessarily believe that's the whole purpose of a, of a cantina visit um what do you sort of think about that i mean do you think that visiting a cantina is still important even if you've seen other cantina i mean we've all seen presses and tanks and barriques but what what really is the most important thing about visiting a winery for you well well this is uh, this is a nice question because uh, it's uh, something that i feel i'm feeling now with uh, in the last years uh, during the visits now my, the, the, i see that for example the people uh, I mean, okay, it's nice to go to see the, the cellar, especially if you have a, an old part of cellar where you can see some barrels and old barrels and this stuff. But uh, then uh, they really love to stay uh, seated uh, on the table and uh, speak about uh, not only wine, but about the philosophy, about the history. You know? They want to know the person. They want to know the personality the, that's behind the, the wine. You know? And... Uh, my idea is that the best wines have to represent who is behind. No, when you taste the wine, you have to find. The, um, I mean, the tasting has to be focalized on what what I feel. No, what I feel. Uh, for example, when you taste the wine that's um, that's it hasn't any expression. It means that uh, behind is a winery or a winemaker that that it's uh, just. Uh, uh, worker, but uh, doesn't uh, transmit or doesn't uh, um, send to the wine something his, no, his style, no. I mean, mm. and the people of today want to understand the style, the philosophy, the, the how to explain the, the, the yeah. How do you, how you, um, um, for example, uh, my family, me, and my, my neighbors too. We speak always very. In, a lot of uh, uh, emphasis about our wines because uh, uh, we we were all born in this uh, in these wineries. We were uh, uh, we we are working here uh, uh, since uh, when we were three four years old. But this because uh, we have uh, our parents uh, uh, worked in the winery from always. Now, 
And uh, of course, when I'm speaking about uh, my wine, uh, I'm more uh, I'm motivated to explain everything. You know, and sometimes maybe I am uh, maybe too uh, too um, uh, too straight with myself to 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 critique my wine. But uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I have to explain it. It's not only to see how many tanks and how many. Uh, how many machines uh, or if these are new or old but the people want to listen your story to listen to learn your uh, to meet your family to meet your uh, history and uh, of course uh, they want to drink a good glass of wine That's yeah our first. <laughs> well which is what we're doing here right now in the studio me and, and Robbie and you said something about how it, which I really really liked that that phrase you said the people, come to sort of see how the wine reflects the people who make it more or less you were saying that you know they come to see how the wine uh, shows who the people are so you know we're drinking right now your um your 2020 ribola di oslavia so could you give me an idea how this wine reflects your family what is it about this wine that speaks about you yeah, uh, this is, um, for example, you had the opportunity to taste all seven uh, Rivolas together. No? Absolutely, example, yeah. Remember Fantastic experience, yes. And I think because you meet all uh, all of us, you, know, you meet uh, all the, you visit all the wineries, and I think that when you taste the seven Rivolas, you, uh, you, you find it, this thing in the glass of wine, what do you think? I mean, uh, uh, for example, my Ribola, it's uh, it's um, because we then uh, since uh, seven, uh, ten years ago the problem was when you taste uh, our ribola di Oslavia, uh, all seven ribolas were completely different, no? Uh, seven completely different wines, because of course my my ribola at that time was uh, the uh, the maturation the skin content was very low, uh, so um, the glass, uh, the, the, the color was very goldy, was yellow, was uh, very limpid. And uh, for example, the Ribola of uh, of Dario Princes or of Radicon was extremely strong uh, because they maturate for two months. Okay. So, uh, and uh, the the nice thing of our association was that uh, we, we all seven tried find a middle way no mm. so uh, and uh, we made a small uh, um, we put some rules together to make a kind of, to, to try to follow them to uh, to make a ribola that can be something similar no? for of all seven producers no it's like a small disciplinare no how would you explain yeah, that yeah could you uh, could you tell us what the what the rules are yeah so we decide the minimum time of uh, AG of uh, skin contact. It's uh, 20 days. For example, uh, this Ribola 2020 that you are tasting okay. is uh, skin contact for 20 days, and then uh, from 20 days to a month we, de- we decide. We depend. For example, 2020 uh, the maturation was only 20 days. This year. We maturate for thirty days, but the minimum time is twenty days. Minimum is twenty. And is there uh, is there a maximum time? After, yeah, and after this uh, time, we just uh, um, take the wine because after uh, this uh, long skin contact, the fermentation is almost done. 
So we have uh, we have wine, finished wine. Okay. And we move the wine to barrels, uh, big barrels called tonneau, seven hundred liters, where the wine is staying for uh, one year. Okay. And after this year, we just uh, uh, bottle the wine without any filtration because after one year of aging in this barrel, the the, the wine is the, the canting, so it's uh, we have a clean uh, taste, no, a clean. Um, of uh, color, no? Okay. And, uh, yeah, so the, our Ribola is always the youngest of the seven producers because it's our idea, uh, because the minimum time of uh, aging is one year. Okay. And uh, I honestly, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going, uh, I prefer to uh, bottle the wine after one year because my opinion is that uh, if I age for longer time, I lose all the primary aroma that this variety can have. No? Okay. And uh, so the, for this is uh, just another choice to to bottle this wine after uh, just minimum time of aging. That's one year. And uh, because uh, it's a catcher flower, this uh, this smell like um, chamomile is uh, really unique. And uh, I think that after a long aging. We lose this smell, and I prefer to maintain, so I prefer to bottle the wine uh, just after one year of aging. So is this sort of this kind of your, your so if, if we look at the seven producers as sort of a spectrum with yeah. um, Radicon and uh, Dario being on sort of the more extreme side, you're sort of on the less extreme side. So yes, lighter, yes. fresher style. Um, so is that something that, you know, just grew out of your family's winery? Is that just something that was always your philosophy, this freshness, cleanliness, and that you've sort of no, moved? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, um, my, we are the producers from the area that maybe produce more bottles than others. Okay. We have almost uh, 40 hectares, and uh, we are making around 350,000 bottles. Where, of course, are not all uh, orange wines. Of course. But um, the, the special thing, the strange thing is that uh, I am the president of association, but uh, honestly, I'm making like uh, orange wine, like uh, only the Ribola di Oslavia, no? Okay. And uh, so this is nice. Thing. And Sasha told me, Sasha Radikon told me that many times people ask him, hey, but why is Martin the figure president when uh, he's making only Ribola Jala uh, uh, on skin contact and all like uh, orange wine? And he always told the two people that it's right this because he has an, uh, a view, an uh, outside view. No, I mean, ah, and, okay. uh, how to explain? I mean, uh, my idea of orange wines is uh, that uh, for making a really, really good uh, orange wine is not easy. And uh, you have to, and this is a part where the people has to be really honest with the customer, especially. So you have to have a really great conditions for make wine so very good quality of grapes so it's a lot of work in the vineyards because uh, you have to have a, a high quality of level of uh, grapes okay and then uh, of course uh, um, sometimes maybe someone that has a wine that uh, is not really good okay i will tell to my customers that uh, this wine is uh, natural or is <laughs> sulfates or something okay. like this. This is not absolutely uh, orange wine world. 
but this is uh, just uh, something that's not uh, that's not correct to the people to the customers. No, I agree. And um, my idea is, uh, I told you, we we are, uh, we are approaching uh, to orange wines to skin content uh, <coughs> when making in the last. Uh, six, eight, it last 10 years from, from where uh, we made this association. But uh, I didn't uh, move all my production to skin con because I started first year, for example, we made only a barrel. Uh, oh. and then every year more. Now we are uh, making uh, uh, around uh, 8,000 bottles of uh, Ribola Jala skin content uh -huh. so you started off with but, one barrel but we are making we we are we have around 10 hectares of ribola so i have uh, i select only the best grapes for making this uh, uh this ribola jala uh, but uh, we produce other 20000 bottles of ribola in the in steel and uh, where we exalt uh, freshest things of the variety so we don't uh, forget our origin uh, origins and um, because my idea is, uh, especially to work uh, in, in wine making, I want to especially uh, to uh, exalt the primary aroma of each variety. Because my father was always uh, producers of grapes, and for a producer of grape, uh, the, the the focus is the is September when you go to taste the grapes in uh, in the vineyards and you decide the day when you will pick up the, the grapes. Mm. And uh, I'm doing this from when I was a baby. And uh, my, uh, my dream was always to transmit the, the taste of these grapes that you feel, that you taste in the vineyards, in the glass of wine. So, uh, and this is my reason for why I especially love the, the wines, fresh wines, but that doesn't mean that they're but I, I love wines that uh, uh, in the glass uh, you can find the smell, the taste of the grapes. No, and uh, for doing this, it's very important uh, that, uh, especially during the fermentation, uh, you have to check the temperature. You have to have a, a um, uh, cellar where you can uh, taste the cherry temperature during the fermentation because the, the fermentation hasn't to go higher than. 18, 20 centigrees. Of course, when you make an orange wine, a skin contact wine, a maturation, uh, you cannot uh, check the, I mean, you cannot uh, um, work uh, with the temperature because there is a spontaneous fermentation, is, yeah. a, is, a, is a natural fermentation, and uh, we haven't, uh, uh, the, the, the philosophy is to don't. Uh, um, check the temperature and to don't work on the temperature of fermentation. Of course, at the end of fermentation, you have wines where the primary aroma is not uh, uh, like, uh, is not uh, really expressive, but uh, you have other aromas that are typical of uh, skin content wine making process. Mm. Is, um, is the, the spontaneous fermentation, is that part of the, 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 the regime as well in, uh, in Ribola di Oslavia? Yes, uh, I mean, the, the idea is uh, to uh, make a spontaneous fermentation without uh, any temperature control. Okay, so of that's course, that's, uh, that's, that's part of the is, rules. Uh, we have, I'm very honest with you, the problem is, uh, then depends always uh, how is the vintage. Ah, okay. And, uh, uh, if it's a very, very hot vintage, 
like last year, uh, we had some problems because how, when you when the temperature is going up than 30 centigrade, you can have problems that the fermentation is stopping, and uh, then you can have a sugar uh, um, sugar level in the wine that's too high, and you can have uh, then other fermentations. Honestly, during the one making process. So um, sometimes we have to help maybe with um, with some uh, refrigeration, but we try to do to don't do this. But uh, so depend depend how is the vintage. It obviously vintage. yeah. If if you have to choose between you know uh, having problems with the wine and uh, you know using a little bit of help for the fermentation, it's better that you, uh, you know, yeah, you know help exactly. it out a little this bit rather than, than, than ruin the wine. Yeah. Um, I just want to take a second here on, on clubhouse. Cause I do have some people listening. Um, I have Michele Pace, I have Christopher, Christine. Um, they're all in here listening. If anybody wants to come up on stage, raise your hand by all means. I'm happy to take your questions. Um, because of technical problems, I will have to, um, pass them on to Martin because we're, we're on him with, uh, with speakerphone, unfortunately, and a microphone, but, uh, things didn't work out quite the way I wanted to this evening technically. But, um, yeah, if anybody here, um, wants to come up on stage, um, please feel free to come on up and, and raise your hand. I'll, uh, I'll pass your question on to, uh, to, uh, to Martin. So, um, so, uh, you know, just I just wanted to sort of keep on going with the Martin with the the idea of of Ribola di Oslavia. So I find this one here, yeah, I find this when yours is is very clean. It does have some some nice color, but it's not super dark. It, I wouldn't even necessarily classify it as an orange wine if I just looked at it in the glass. Um, and so, you know, you talked about sort of a minimum amount of, of time. You talked about a minimum amount of, of aging, and, and that's always in wood. Yeah. Always yeah, in. Yeah. So, so 20 days yeah. minimum fermentation, uh, minimum one year in wood. Um, are there yes. are any, any other guidelines for Ribola di Oslavia? The others, uh, the, the big, then the big difference is in the time of aging, you know. Um, for example, uh, um, I told you the mine is the youngest because I bought I'm bottling after one year, but the others uh, are usually now are bottling after two years, two years and a half. Depend how one, okay. uh, someone decides. So, is there a maximum for any of these rules? Is there like a maximum amount of of time on the skins or a maximum no. amount of aging? No. No, no, but uh, I see that uh, my neighbors do decide to um, to have a shorter time than years ago. Okay. Because um, they see that uh, uh, when the fermentation is done, when the when you extract everything that you can do extract from the skin, uh, is the best time to best time to remove the, the from the skin contact the wine and. Uh, so to put the uh, in the barrel to age. Okay. Because uh, usually um, this philosophy uh, means that uh, we are not using uh, so much sulfates. It doesn't. It's not That's right great. that we don't use sulfates. We use some sulfates, and uh, because uh, especially for wines that then 
have to travel all over in the world uh, um, at the end of fermentation and then before we bottle our wines, we have to put some sulfates because then we have we can have only problems of refermenting yeah. the bottle, no? So okay, this is another thing that uh, we are very honest uh, with all our customers to tell that uh, we try to don't use sulfates, of course, but uh, at the end of fermentation and uh, when we put the wine in the barrel and uh, after uh, before the bottling uh, minimum part of uh, some which we need because uh, just to preserve the wine that's traveling all over in the world because we never know where this bottle is going uh, especially how is the seller of uh, our customers and uh, how in which conditions these wines travel in the world so it's, uh, it's important to be honest and to tell the truth but I think it's also important to, to give your customers around the world that the, the guarantee that the wine is going exactly. to arrive in, exactly. in good shape. Wow. I think that's important too. Um, exactly. One of the things that I find sort of a, a, a marvel, a modern marvel about, you know, your organization of Ribola di Oslavia is you have seven producers who are, working closely together in a very small area and a very limited market. And somehow you all manage to get along. Um, if you go, I don't know, two towns over from Oslavia into another part of Kolio, uh, you don't find this kind of collaboration so easily. What's the sort of the key? What is it that, that brings all of you together? Well, um, of course, this uh, period, the uh, last two years, helped uh, to make us stronger in our association, our team building, our uh, teamwork, because, um, you know, our these seven wineries are all seven, are seven very important names that maybe, that I told you, made the history of the wine in the world mm. and uh, are seven uh, very um important personalities but uh, all these uh, seven wineries understand that uh, if uh, we we have to work together for exalt oslavia not only the wine not only the wine making process but oslavia oslavia is this small town where uh, if the uh, value of our town of our uh, territory is high and is uh, recognized all over the world we we are uh, all uh, we um, we all grow all our wineries grow not only the selling but the important uh, importance the history of each uh, of each winery so uh, my focus was this of uh, my idea is uh, that uh, Oslavia has to become like champagne for sparkling wines very uh, good Oslavia has to become for uh, like champagne for orange wines. Uh -huh. so, uh, the people that uh, want that listen about orange wines and they want to learn about orange wines, they have to spend they have to spend a few days in Oslavia. Uh -huh. Like people that love uh, sparkling wines and they have to spend a few days in Champagne because uh, this is uh, this is our uh, 
And when I told this thing to my uh, neighbors, they they were, oh, okay, this is right. This is, you are right. We have to work all together on this way to to promote Oslavia first of all because uh, we have to. I have to explain. We have to uh, to work for all the our our kids our. Or people that are in this small town, and uh, and, uh, and the same thing that um, was made in uh, some places in Piemont, like Lamola, or these places. Or uh, so we have uh, we have to um, exalt the territory, not only single vineyard or single wine or single producer, but all our town. And uh, this is the only way I focus. And uh, honestly, I, I see that the people are really surprised when they see Josko Gravner, for example, without making names, or uh, Sasha Radikon working together with me and moving together and uh, make this uh, tasting together. So it's really something that, oh my God, what how, what's happened? No, what, uh, what is this? And because it's, uh, they know from where we're starting. We're starting from... Uh, uh, period where uh, here were uh, a lot uh, important um, this uh, producers very important very with um, strong personality but uh, that always work alone but uh, now that they're working together with other producers from from Oslavia it's really something that surprised everyone and but uh, the focus is this is not uh, because uh, I need Josko uh, Gravner or Josko Gravner need me, but uh, we need uh, uh, to grow together with Oslavia, with this uh, with this uh, town. So uh, this is our focus, and uh, I think that we will work uh, still on this way because uh, it's not um, non, uh, it's not arrogance, come dire, it's not um, super dire uh, that uh, we want to become the champagne of foreign wines, but. Uh, we have all the cards and all documents and all uh, history that we can tell this. No? Yeah, I mean, you know, what you're trying to do, and this, I think, should be a model for other places, not just in Friuli, but especially in Friuli, um, is that you're trying to create Oslavia as a brand like Champagne, you know? Exactly. So you're trying to create something bigger than yourself, so just individual producers, and you're trying to create um, a place that is that is the focus of 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 people's attention and bring them to you, and then all of you flourish as producers in this small area. Yes, exactly. Exactly. This is the focus. I have Luciana up on stage on uh, on Clubhouse. Luciana, did you have a question? Oh, hello, Wayne. Hi, Luciana. Hello, everybody. So nice to see you again and hear everything. Um, it's a pleasure to, to see you and hear you as well, Luciana. It's been a while. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but you've been traveling, um, I think. Yeah. A vacation in Brazil. Oh, lucky Run you. away for the winter. Oh, <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, well, I'm a fan of Collio. Um, Wendy knows that. And I have a question. My question is, um, I love the idea to establish um, the region um, as an orange wine destination or 
place to think about when you say orange wines. I love that. But um, my question is, um, is there any plan for a local tourism? You know, because most of the time for people globally to think about a region, like you said, Champagne, to go there and to um, receive all the tourists and make it an experience not well, only visitation you, is involved. You came in a little late, Luciana, and we oh, talked sorry. about this a little bit at the beginning. No, 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 it's not a problem at all. But Martin was talking at the beginning about how the first thing that they've done is they've established this kind of uh, percorso, this walking path, and in seven different strategic locations throughout the vineyards and the hills of Oslavia, They've put this these benches where you can stop and take pictures or have something to drink or whatever. Because it's so beautiful. The it's place amazing. Is so, it's unbelievable, beautiful. And yeah. it's, it's different. It's not like every, it's not like a regular mountain. It's different. Yeah, it's very different. And, and so they're really sort of, and none of these sort of, these benches, these sort of vantage points are near the wineries themselves. They're in special points that either have, uh, a historical significance or, you know, a beautiful view or a, a historic vineyard or something like that. So it's not just focused on, okay, let's go take a pretty picture, but you're learning about the area as well. So, um, yeah, it's really good. And I don't know, also we talked about at the beginning of the clubhouse that um, in 2025, Gorizia and Nova Gorica is going to be the world capital of culture. So they're really gearing up for some some heavy visits during that period too. And I know Martin was talking about some things that they were going to do then too. Fantastic. Can yeah. I make another question? Absolutely. How would he describe to someone that never had the wines before? Hmm. So I have to translate for, for Martin. Not translate, but I have to speak for him because uh, he can't hear Clubhouse. We have technical problems. So... Martin, what um, Luciana is asking is, uh, how would you describe your wines to someone who's never had the wine before? Because it's quite unique, right? It's quite unique, no, yeah. It's the question that, uh, of course, I have to explain every time when I present my wines. The, I told you, you know, my philosophy is to transmit in the glass the taste and the, uh, what you feel when you taste the grapes. So all our wines, all our, uh, especially white wines, when you taste them, you find the minerality, the acidity and the flavors typical of our grapes from this, uh, from this area. Because uh, the structure of our wines is like uh, Borgonia. Uh, the wines have this lovely minerality, this lovely acidity that I want to transmit in the, in the glass. So this is one of the reasons why I don't uh, uh, I don't age the the white wine my white wine so so long time so much uh, yeah so longer because uh, I want to maintain these things uh, in the in the glass in the barrel in the bottle and then when you open the bottle you feel this you feel this minerality this acidity uh, the idea our one of our ideas is to pick up grapes a little bit earlier. Just uh, because we don't, uh, we are not focalized on the alcohol, but we are focalized on all these things like minerality and flavors 
that uh, we want to preserve in the in the glass uh, of wine. And uh, so this is uh, what you can find. You can find really uh, clean. That doesn't mean poor, but clean wines that uh, uh, with good smell, perfect smell, and uh, perfect uh, uh, and uh, that are very lovely to drink. Uh, my philosophy to make wines that uh, two people uh, during a dinner have to finish the, the 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 bottle and maybe take another one because the wine has to be something lovely, has to be a pleasure and not uh, something where you have to be there and uh, thinking how to finish the bottle. The wine has to be something nice that give you an emotion and that, that uh, especially give you a pleasure to drink during a, a dinner or during a lunch or during an aperitivo. So this is uh, my philosophy of, of winemaking. Okay. Luciana, did that sort of answer your question? It's fantastic. All Thank right. you. Yeah, I think I, really my impression of, of, of Martin, Martin's wines, Martin's family wines, is that they're, you know, there's this really big emphasis on cleanliness, primary flavors, um, even though there's a little bit of skin contact on here, um, they really, really want to give you this sense that you're like popping raw grapes into your mouth and just feeling that freshness and those primary aromas. Am, am I saying that right, Martin? Yes, right. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's, the, that's the impression that I get. Whereas maybe some other producers are maybe going a little bit more extreme um, and, and maybe wanting to bring a little bit more, I don't know, uh, power a little bit more, uh, I don't know, uh, intensity to the wine. Um, but, uh, that it's, it, you know, I love the fact that you all can sort of do your own thing, but, um, you're all sort of promoting the same place and the same idea. Yes. There's the <laughs> it's really, really important, really important. So, um, I have Christopher and Christine in the audience. Luciana, thank you so much for your questions. I really appreciate it. Um, if anybody else has any questions, definitely pop up. Nat, if you have any comments as well, jump in. Now's the time um, because I, I, I think we've, we've had a wonderful time here with, uh, with Martin. Nat, did you have something that you wanted to say? Only that I'm curious to try his wines because I'm not there. Hang on, Martin. Nat's asking a question. Sorry, Nat. Nothing, Just to say that I'm curious because I'm not with you in the studio, so I'm extremely curious and look forward to trying it and also visiting the area, basically. Nat, as you know, once things sort of calm down and once things sort of um, warm up, I think it's definitely you. You and I have to do some like hardcore grand tours here because we have a lot of people we need to visit. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to it very much. Yep. We'll definitely head up there. Good stuff. Thanks, Nat. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, Martin. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Wayne, for your invitation. It was a pleasure. So, excuse the uh, the the slight technical problems. But uh, I, I think we managed to do pretty good in light of, of that. And hopefully the next time you're on, um, you'll come over and see us in the, uh, in the, in the, in the studio. Yes. And this way we'll, uh, we'll all hang we out together. We, we can organize uh, our seven musketeers in your studio. I don't, ha- I don't do have it. enough microphones <laughs> for seven producers. Okay. But we'll, we'll, get, we'll get three. 
<laughs> or we'll put you all in the same room and you have to you have to share microphones. You, you need a big room because we need a big room. Be, very, well, you, we got the taverna; we can fit you. It's just the yeah, it's just the um, it's just the, the microphones. It's a problem. But yeah, we'll do we'll do another another meeting sometime, and we'll we'll talk about some other stuff about Oslavia, and we'll bring in um, a couple of other producers. Yes. For sure. And I organize, I invite all your uh, guys to come to visit us in Oslavia, no? Without a doubt. A few days here. So, do you, you obviously have a website. Is it, uh, is it fiegel.com? Yeah, so it's F-I-E-G-L dot com. So definitely go visit that. And is there a website also for um, Ribola di Oslavia? Yes. Ribola Jala di Oslavia punto it. Okay, perfect. Martin, thank you for your time this evening. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thanks everybody on on the Clubhouse and we'll see Grazie Martin. Ciao ciao. Hey, I want to thank everybody this evening for coming. Thank you for listening. I appreciate uh, Natalie Benlola, our co-host, Rob Milani, our sound guy. Follow me on La Taverna Friuli on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram at Wayne McGrape. And you can find this awesome music on YouTube at Beat Ambassador. Finishes with an A. Thank you.